It's June 5th, 2015, and Faceless Rex is bigger than the Immortals. I'm Colin Detmar. And I'm Jan Niska. And this is Bullet Crow, a Dota 2 podcast. Episode 6. We're... we're getting there. Yeah, we're, we're, we're getting to episode 6, which is where we are. I mean, I have a particular fondness for the number 6, but that's neither here nor there. It has been a few weeks, Johnny... How has your Dota life been? <sighs> or perhaps I should say, how has your MOBA life been? Because I understand you've been flirting with other MOBAs. Yes, flirting, and that was entirely my idea. No, like, I'm... <coughs> I'm... I am really enjoying this patch, I gotta say. Like, even when even when things go badly, it doesn't feel as bullshit... Except when you're playing against Undying, because fuck that, <laughs> fuck that hero. Yeah, I mean, I feel like in a ganking, t- in a ganking, fighting, killing meta, Undying is just, I mean, that's all Undying ever wants to do, and so he's insanely strong at it, and it's, I don't know. It's just the way that this patch has prioritized things makes him incredibly powerful. Well, the buffs he got was also, like... Sure, but he's been hit by a bunch of nerfs since then, too. Yeah, and I think, but, like, like you, you, you still have the problem where in the mid-game it's like, what do you do about the, all these zombies? Yeah. I Not being able to AoE them down is pretty insane. Yeah. Hmm. But other than that, been trying out, been going back to Winter Riven a little bit, been playing more Earthshaker, playing more heroes that I enjoy a lot, which is nice. Yeah, yeah totally. I uh, actually ended up playing a game of uh, All Random Deathmatch the other day uh, with a friend of mine, which I have never done before, and I ended up trying a bunch of heroes I haven't tried in ages. I played Chen, I played Morphling, I played a bunch of weird stuff. Um, and it was really kind of, it was fantastic to see how far I've come. Because, like, when I got Chen, I formed a posse and got, like, got, like, four kills with Chen. I mean, I helped with four kills anyway. I think only, like, one of those was actually my kill. But, like, I haven't played Chen since I had to for an all-hero challenge. And I handled him pretty well. And it's like, man, I did not handle him pretty well back then. Yeah, I... I don't find the micro to be that hard to handle. Mm-mm. I mean, you can of course do crazy shit with it if you're good, but yeah, like the basic competency isn't that hard. I just don't find it very interesting in the Dota. I don't know. Like, I it's cool that you can micro shit. It's just I don't find what the actual hero does very interesting. Oh, I found Chen really fun. But, um, you know, it's just more like playing heroes I would not have otherwise played because they don't inherently interest me and being like reminded like, oh, right, I keep getting better at this game. It's just, it's refreshing. Yeah. Like, th- that's Dota. The, yeah. That and, feeling, uh, yeah, of course. It, it's worth reiterating because sometimes you forget it. Like, yeah. But but you always, like, it is hard to not get better at Dota. There's just so much to improve, 
that invariably you are going to improve something. Yeah, playing a bunch with uh, Emily, who was a uh, guest on our podcast uh, the other week. Um, she's she's she doesn't have an MMR yet. She hasn't calibrated, but she is almost certainly lower MMR than me. Um, and so playing with her, I've kind of had to learn to carry, and that's been a really that's been a really enjoyable experience. <laughs> I would say. The the, um, the bikers in my neighborhood clearly agree. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Did somebody make a uh, full throttle reference? That's a that's an idle thumbs joke. I should make idle thumbs jokes on this podcast. Um, no, you should. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just like I've always had the issue of wanting to be a hero. And that still affects me sometimes, but ironically, it affects me less when I'm a carry. Like, when I'm a support, I'm like, no, I'll make this work. I'll find a way to make this work when clearly they are dead, and if I go in, I'm going to die too. And I can, you know, stop myself sometimes, but sometimes I can't. And as a carry, I see, like, you know, the position three or the position four caught out and fighting, and I just like, well, you fucked up. And obviously, if, I, if I'm if i positive I can save them, I will. But if it's like, no, probably I can't, I don't even try. I just keep farming. And it's... That's obviously what you need to do. But it's weird yeah. that when the pressure is on, I don't have that problem. But when the pressure is off, I absolutely do. I mean, it's just fun to pull it off. And yeah. I mean, you saw that Earthshaker game I played with you a while mm-hmm. ago. Just... Just, I love that shit. Yeah. I love that shit. And Earthshaker is one of those heroes that really do allow you to just... No, you stop here. You do not follow. That's fantastic. I had a game with a friend of mine who is getting back into the game after not playing for six months now, I guess. Um, And uh, I was playing Earthshaker... And I, I was really frustrated. There was one situation where we were fighting, um, sort of there's a big team fight up near our, uh, top tier three. And we pushed them back and they were running and we were fighting and people were dying on both sides. And finally it was just me and Drow versus Wind Ranger. And I was doing everything I could and then Drow just randomly TP'd out. And I still almost got the kill, but it was just like, oh, god damn it, Drow. Get the fuck back here. <laughs> Uh, and I probably should have ha- should have left as well, but I wanted to be a hero. I wanted to seal the deal and lock out Ren Ranger, and I was so close. I am a big fan of games that reward ballsy play in general. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that—that's why I love Smash Brothers. That's why I enjoy uh, uh, Blood Eye Champions. You haven't played Blood Eye Champions, but I've seen it played. You've seen it played, and it's it. The, just the degree of control you have over your movement in that game, plus the the fact that all attacks, including media attacks, are, like, aimed. Mm-hmm. So you can just be like, no, I'm going to predict in which way you're going to attack, and I'm going to step by, step just past it. That sort of shit, I, like, just, I love that. And when Dota can tap into that... Like with Earthshaker, like with uh, Rubik in certain matchups, like yeah. Winter Wyvern in certain situations. I fucking love it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and uh, I made a reference to it earlier, but we both played some uh, Heroes of the Storm this week. Yep. Um, and it doesn't have that, I feel like. It doesn't reward ballsy play. Sometimes it does, but it doesn't in the same way. Like, Heroes of the Storm is almost entirely about experience gain. Well, experience gain and the and the random sub-objective garbage. Yeah, yeah, sure, but ex- an experience lead is what lets you get the random sub-objective garbage most of the time. True. It's, it's so much like, since you don't have a gold thing and you don't have individual hero experience, you can't be like, well, we're gonna take two of our heroes and sacrifice some overall experience for our team in order to have our our less important farming heroes take out one of their most more important farming heroes and gain an advantage that way. That doesn't happen. That doesn't exist. So you you don't have that character who is like an Earthshaker who is like, well, I'm level 16 now. I literally do not care about levels. That doesn't exist. You, You will continue to care because it's all your entire team. So when you have an advantage as well, it's like, if if you hit level uh, ten before the enemy team does, everyone gets their ultimates. Yeah, and the next team fight is just a stop. Yeah, the next team fight is just a complete stop. Yeah, I feel like there are a lot of really weird decisions made with that game. Like I like a lot. Well, okay, not I like. I appreciate a lot of what it is going for. I appreciate the idea of a game with a lower barrier barrier to entry, at least. And that seems more focused around team fighting than farming. That is apparently their goals. Yeah. I don't know that I think it achieves either of those things that well. Well, I mean, the... I think it achieves more... The It's more about fighting than farming, at least in field. Because farming... Like, there's no lost hits. You literally mm. do not gain anything from sitting there lost hitting. So, if you have a fight in a lane you are technically fighting and farming at the same time. Yeah, that's true. And that allows you to just, okay, there's an enemy, let's attack him. Much more readily. Which is cool in a way, but that also means there's no strategy to doing that. It's just, well, there's an enemy, so we attack him. Yeah, and I feel like the other thing like that gets me is that most of the heroes are so immobile. Like, you can mount up if you're not fighting. Yeah. But... but in a fight, most of the heroes are so immobile that it's just like these masses just moving around and bumping into each other. And it just... It really made me crave a Blink Dagger so hard. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, ah, oh, Blink Dagger is, to me, such a problematic item. Because it kind like every In a game where half your team has Blink Daggers... It's like suddenly positioning doesn't matter as much anymore. Mm-hmm. And that that part of it sucks, but the explosiveness of it is just awesome. It's so great. And yeah, that's that's a good word for it. I don't feel like Heroes of the Storm has very much explosiveness, except for that first fight when you have ultimates and the enemy doesn't. Yeah, it, it really doesn't. Even down to like the feel of attacks and stuff, it's all very muted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean that's also that's part of their like their low barrier to entry, focus tested to hell design, right? Yeah, like playing of course. as 
playing as the healer Lily, my Q is a heal that 1. auto-targets the lowest health person, which I really wish it didn't do that. I wish I could target it. Oh, that, uh, yeah, I, that's what made me go, okay, I hate this hero. And the other thing is that it costs, like, okay, I, in Dota terms, it would cost, like, 25 mana and have a two-second cooldown. And heal almost nothing. Yeah, you just mash that thing, and it's because it's like, well... If it's if it heals a lot but has a longer cooldown and costs more mana, then you could fuck it up. And like this, it's really hard to fuck it up, so it's easier for new people. It's like, yeah, but it also makes it really hard to change the tide of a battle in a few casts. Yeah, it's just like a very gradual drip that is boring. Like, th- that hero feels really autopilot to me. Yeah. I like I, I played I played one match of her and it was just I have the decision of like when to use my ultimate and that I have the mischance attack. Yeah, and then you have the like buff the person who is closest to the enemy. But that's not like that. You just cast that when it when it, you're in a fight. It, there's not not like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna save this for an opportune moment. No, you just cast oh, it. Oh no. Well, I mean that's ultimates are the only thing in that game you ever save. Yeah. Well, that's, well, I, that's not entirely true. It's, I. I suppose it's a bit of an exaggeration, but a lot of spells are built to be spammable in a way that totally. I find kind of tedious. I, I enjoyed playing Diablo in that game, because uh, he has his three attacks. Is, one, he has a charge that stuns an enemy and stuns them more if they bounce into a wall when you charge at them. Like, you, you hmm. pu- push them back and they, they're stunned. <laughs> he has just an AoE fire attack that spreads out in the same manner as Shadowfiend's ultimate, but mm-hmm. obviously way less powerful. And his his third attack is just you ha- a stun where he grabs the enemy and just smashes them to the ground behind him. So what you do, like, ideally, is you want to run up into melee range on someone, grab them, Smash them behind you and then charge at them so you push them back into your team. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a lot of like, there were a lot of fun tricks I got to do during team fights with that, just separating people and stuff. And that that felt that felt fun. That was really fun. I do feel like I mean they do ha- have some cool hero concept stuff in that game. Like there's a hero who he's he's a murloc, which in yeah, in Blizzard's universe is like a frog creature, and he can, his ultimate, I think, is he can lay an egg on the map, and it has a health bar, kind of like a phoenix egg, only, you know, it doesn't destroy over time, it just sort of sits there, um, and if the enemy finds it and breaks it, then it's gone, and his ab- ability is on cooldown, but if they don't find it and he gets killed, he respawns at the egg within three seconds. Can he place this in his base? I don't know. Because that seems kind of boring. That's another thing Diablo had to, oh, as well. Diablo's passive is that he collects souls as he goes. As things die near him, again, like Shadowfiend, except not mm-hmm. at all. Because instead of increasing his attack, if he reached a certain number of souls, he, when dying, he just respawns within 5 seconds. Hmm. Yeah, that doesn't seem very interesting. The one game we won, I died like two times, and both times I had that, so it was like, oh, I died, it doesn't matter, I'm back. Which, that must be really frustrating for the enemy. For me, it was just, oh, I got to play more. <laughs> mm-hmm. With uh, with uh, Murloc, you can, li- you can place the egg anywhere, and so 
I mean, I assume you can place it near base, but more the point, like, you can place it in, like, off in the jungle right before going into a fight, and then pop up, and then respawn, like, five feet away from the fight and jump back in again. Yeah. Which, given the game's mobility issues, is significant. Yeah. I feel like, like, just... A lot of the times when people were... When people are being chased in that game, if one person... If, like, half the chasing team mounts up, suddenly it gets really fucking hard for the team escaping. Because then you need to choose between stopping and, like, attack... Unmounting the enemies. Or having them just run run you down. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel like there's any good... Like, when you're being chased by more than one person, it seems like you're screwed. There is one person to stay on your tail so they have vision... And there's one person to mount up so that they catch you. Unless you're ranged, in which case you can turn around, fire one shot, and keep running. Sure. Or if you have some kind of CC, you can do yeah. something. So it's not it's not super binary, but there, there, I, that's a bit of a problem, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, honestly, the one thing I like, I dislike the most, though, like they took the fucking brush system from League. I don't like that. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it. I guess it works a bit better here, but it just feels a bit glitchy and weird still. Mm-hmm. And, no. The weirdest thing to me about Brush has always been, like, oh, you're inside this, like, 70-foot-long hedge, so of course you can see everything else that's inside the hedge. Even if the so hedge is, like, 10 meters long, and it's yeah. just, no. Yeah, it's just, that's not how plants... That's not how visibility works. Yeah, totally. If you are standing in something you can't see through, then you just can't see shit. Yeah, you would just, like, you would need to be right next to them to see them. If uh-huh. it, if it is so thick that you genuinely, genuinely can't see someone inside when you're standing right next to it. And obviously that seems like a really silly nitpick, but it's just like, it's sort of more to the point of, I don't even think this idea is good. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's just in... I think it's just here because it's in League. Yeah, it certainly certainly Here's the Storm seems way more interested in how League does things than how Dota does, which, I mean, if you're... When League was coming out, their, like, their campaign, like, back when it was a, you know, a, a retail game that they were going to release and they were showing at E3 and stuff, though, of course, they show at E3 now because they make all the money, <laughs> um... And they were like, this is like that game Dota that you've heard so much about. That little mod for Warcraft, only we've made it accessible. And it's like, no, you fucking didn't. No, uh, you, 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 most of their stated goals in League of Legends yeah, they, they are not things that actually happened. Yeah, I think, you know, I think there is value to that game. I am obviously not a fan, but I don't like, I don't just think it's a garbage game, but... If your goal is like, oh, Dota but accessible, you fucking failed. And I don't think Heroes of the Storm fails at that. I think it is kind of like Dota but accessible. But in doing so, it loses what makes Dota Dota. Yeah, I mean, I think it is a failure at being Dota but accessible because it's not Dota. It's not at all, like, it doesn't do the same things. It looks a lot like Dota, and to someone who hasn't played Dota, it could probably fool them into thinking they're playing Dota but accessible. But it's fundamentally a different game that has a lot of. But that's all, that's all it needs to do. Surface similarities. Like, people who play Dota are not going to get like who. Okay, I have to make this this 
clarification every time, when I say people who play Dota, I mean people who have gotten into Dota enough to really understand the game. And, like, you don't have to be super skilled, but you have to be at the point where you can comprehend the game and you can see its appeal and you understand why its systems exist. So people who play Dota are not going to get into Heroes of the Storm. And so in that way, it works just fine, right? Like, the only people who are going to really get into Heroes of the Storm are people who never got enough into Dota to see what was appealing about its depth. And so it doesn't matter if it's a facade of Dota. That's all they want. Sure, if we're looking at this from, like, Blizzard wants to make money perspective, then yes. Well, I mean, I think if we're looking at it as looking at as a what who is it trying to serve? I mean, like, if you want to make the philosophical argument that it's not really Dota, it's like, okay, sure, but to everyone who will play it and it is and who is going to enjoy it, it is. But I feel like that's I feel like that's at some level a lie that we're just telling them like it's okay that you don't like Dota. You don't need to like Dota. We don't need to pretend that this game that you like is like Dota. Because it's not. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's fair. That's probably enough talk about a game that we don't actually care that much about. Yeah. Um Well, okay, we care a lot about it. I don't think we like it that much. Um... So we've gone through the uh, the International 5 qualifiers now. I guess we've just got the wild card left. Um, I know you didn't catch much of it, but do you remember back when we did our 6.84 patch special? Yes. Do you remember me talking about the new Ursa ult and saying you are going to see Ursa in pro games? Yes. I was fucking right. Yes. I, I don't really have much else to add. Um, <laughs> he's, it's kind he's, of... He's kind of, gr- he's kind of good. <laughs> It's kind of hilarious watching pros play Ursa, because, like, I mean, he's got the same problems that he has when you play against him properly in a, in a pub game, where, you know, obviously he's getting kited like crazy, um, because he's got mobility issues. But, like, if he gets in, he fucking wrecks shop, and also, like, watching someone who knows what they're doing, like, I haven't played too much Ursa since the patch, and watching him do Roche... And it's just like, he stacks up the Furious Wipes, and then he hits his ult, and he kills Roche in four hits. And you're like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's, that's pretty funny. It's I, terrifying. You know what's pretty funny that I saw the other day? What? Well, I mean, so Ursa has traditionally, in public, it's been a thing that people build Shadowblade on Ursa as a way to get in. Mm-hmm. I saw someone do Blink Ursa. Yeah, it, that's classic. That, that's like, I I build I those are the two builds. It's like, are do you think they're idiots that won't have detection, or do you want a blink dagger? Like he has an immortal item that is blink dagger. Huh, that's totally a thing. Yeah, I haven't played him in years, <laughs> to be honest. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I, blink dagger Ursa is fantastic. That's like, I I, so, I don't like what Blink Dagger does to heroes like that, to be honest. You don't like the surprise it's a bear? I, I don't like the, oh, here's a hero whose like, hard part is that he has trouble getting in. Here's an item that just gets you in. I mean, the nature of Blink Dagger makes me okay with it, right? Like, if you get hit, that's it. Like, you yeah. can get in. 
but like if someone throws a slow on you and then hits you once and then they just walk away and walk in circles around you hitting with you with shit and you can't do anything about it like that is what happens with ursus maybe he gets that first kill on the person he blinks in on but if the team has their shit together and the backup isn't there then ursa just gets kited yeah it's just uh mm. I find it a bit frustrating. Like, uh, to to me, Blink is a really cool item when it's used on supports to do cool shit with that. But I've never liked the, oh, I'm a carry with Blink thing. I mean, I feel like with most carries, there comes a point where you have to give up the Blink dagger for more slots anyway. I mean, you know, if you're doing well. And if you're not, then I don't have a problem with you having the Blink Dagger, right? If you're a carry who's behind, absolutely you need that initiating power. And if you're doing really well, then eventually it's like, well, this item doesn't give me any stats. All it gives me is situational mobility. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know at all how to feel about Like Like, as I said before, I find Blink Dagger to be a really problematic thing I, I think it simplifies a lot of the things I think are cool about the strategy of Dota. Mm-hmm. But the upsides are also fantastic to it being yeah. well, and also I feel like getting rid of it would create so many or even taking it making it somehow support exclusive, even if you could do that, I uh I think that would create so many more problems. Oh, of course. I mean now the the game is built around the assumption that that exists. Of course, you you could not just take Dota and remove Blink Dagger, and it, and even if you found a way to do that, it would probably not be worth it. Yeah, it. I mean, that's part of the fun. It's just how is as again that explosiveness, just that 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 sudden burst of action when you blink in and just go crazy. Yeah. Or when you blink in and you're like, oh god, <laughs> I should not have blinked in. <laughs> Uh, that one doesn't happen to me too much, but I'm... we had a I had a game where there was a Sand King who just like kept blinking onto Techie's minds, and it was the worst thing. <laughs> How do you even manage that? Uh, our Techies was really good in placing remote minds while we were defending, and so he'd just blink in, and the Techies would just immediately blow him the fuck up. <laughs> I should play Techies more. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Kuroki played Techies in a game recently against Ehome in the International 5 qualifiers, and he did some fucking work. It's like, I I love that that's a thing now, because for so long, Techies has been that yoke hero that everyone's just like, oh, he's so annoying in pubs. But no, people actually do play him in uh, in real matches. Not Mm -hmm. often, but it happens. Yeah, I mean, there's a, he uh, he brings a lot to the table, and I can like, he can be really frustrating to fight. He can be really frustrating to play with, but he does a thing to the game that no one else does that is worth doing. Yeah, like frustrating to play with because when the thing he does doesn't work, he brings nothing else to the table. Mm-hmm. Nothing at all. So, uh, I will mention real quickly how excited I am that, I mean, okay, I'm a Navi fan, and we, and we Navi fans end up saying this, like, 
once every couple of months. But hey, Navi's back again! <laughs> uh, they lit up the qualifiers. Their first game, uh, I think it was against Yellow Submarine, they went 0-2. And obviously that means they lost. But after that, they 2-0'd everyone right up until the like the finals of the qualifiers, where they won 3-1. And that one was when Artstyle did a majorly stupid draft. I think he was just trying something out and seeing how it would go. And then thereafter, just stopped fucking around and killed them. I have a question for you. Yes. You say they're back again. You think they've mm-hmm. been not back since we last saw, said that? I think they've been more serious. I don't know that they've been, like... They haven't been... You know, it's it's the put them up, put your money where your mouth is situation, right? Yeah. Last time we, uh, last time I said they were back, I would say that I think they said they were back. Their mouths were there, and I think even their minds were there. But it took them a while to get really like. I mean, Soneko is a pretty recent addition to the team. It took them a while to gel with him. By which I mean, it took Soneko a while to comprehend how fucking reckless Havost is. <laughs> <laughs> um. It took Art Style a while to start drafting properly. It took Dendi a while to start playing with confidence again. And now I feel like they're pretty much doing all that. And I don't, like, I'm not going to say, like, fucking TI5, Grand Finals winners, Na'Vi. I'm not willing to go that far. But they're, I don't think they're going to get knocked out first round this time. I think they're going to fucking play. So who, and I'm excited to see it. So, so who are you putting on the, like, predictions for... Uh, Grand Finals winner. Oh, Grand Finals winner? It's going to be Secret versus EG, and it's probably going to be Secret, but I want to root for EG. That that was such a boring answer. I am disappointed. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> oh, sorry. It's going to be Newbie versus fucking E-Home. I mean, what do you want from me? <laughs> <sighs> it's... I... I, I, I Team won't, Tinker! I, <laughs> I don't even think they made it. Let's be serious for a second. I want to okay. believe. I, I really want to believe that we can see Na'Vi in the finals again. I mean, I would be happy with them just in the finals. Not the grand finals, though I would love that. But if they made it to the finals, I would be pleased to punch. I'm gonna be disappointed if they don't make it to the finals. I mean, I haven't seen as much of their play as you have. But the the, the bits I've seen has been convincing to me. Yeah. Yeah. Seneco is a fucking scary motherfucker. Uh, that that entire team is scary. I mean, that they are so reckless is fucking scary, because when they are in the zone, when it works, anything can happen. They can do anything. They can decide to go, <gasps> to go on things that you think they never would. Havost can... They can lose a team fight near Roche start backing off, and then Havost just hangs out as an invisible Lashrak and waits till the last second and then turns on Post Nova and destroys everyone. That sounds like a thing I would do, <laughs> to be it honest. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Th- that, is, that is like my play. and uh, We both know that my play usually doesn't work when I do that, when I follow my <laughs> gut instinct. <laughs> when it does, though, it's pretty hilarious. When we lose a team fight and you are one of two people left... And as Shadow Fiend, you just casually walk up and hit the tower and then walk away. <laughs> <laughs> I need to clip a 
this on YouTube. That was so great. I was just like, they're, they're, I was just, I saw that team fight and I was like, no, they're going to push out this lane. I can go here. I am going to do it. I'm going to take this tower by myself. And Dazzle was just running after you, just trying to stop you, and he didn't know how, and you just ignored him. Uh, Shadow Shaman, actually. And he, oh, yeah, he, he right. made the mistake of, like, he he hexed me while I was going to the tower, and then I took down the tower, and then he sha- uh, he did ultimate and shackled me, and I was like, well, you're out of crown control. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I could have probably killed him. I mean, I could have definitely killed him. But then again, at that point, I didn't know where the enemy team was anymore. So it's time to get. Out. Yeah, you'd you'd been there for a while at that point. It's just yeah, but that th- that's yeah, I love that kind of shit. As we said before, that's the yes. <laughs> that's 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 really the the thing for me. All the other like the tension building and all the strategy is just. The backdrop to being like, no, this is where I take my stand. <laughs> I might so, be a terrible Dota player. Well, one of your favorites, I know, as you mentioned earlier this podcast even, is Winter Wyvern. Yep. And uh, for our Ags of the Week this week, we picked Winter Wyvern. Indeed. I'm going to go first this time because my idea sucks. Okay. Uh... Basically, all I came up with, I, I thought about a bunch of stuff that I thought was really boring. Would have been good, but really boring. And the one thing I came up with that seemed okay was making Arctic Burn splash. You're a monster. <laughs> That's you like... don't like that idea. <laughs> no, I actually, I actually don't. Like, I think, I think, I. Most of the time when Arctic Burn is worth using, they're not that clustered up anyway. Well, but that's that's the thing, is that it would give it a second use. You could activate it. I mean, obviously, it's not like it's not worth activating in a team fight, but it would be like the long-range siege, or it could also be like the initiate a team fight. Yeah. It's just... Mm. To me, the like, the... the, the... I tend to save Arctic Burn for the moment in the team fight where everyone kind of scatters, and then I can just snipe people off. That's fair. I I don't know. I don't know if I that would be enough to make me say no. I'm going to use it like this because Winter Raven is already so good at punishing people who stack up. Yeah, that's true. I mean, not as good as she used to be. That nerf in six point eight four really. Obviously, it didn't stop her from being a good hero. We've seen some pretty amazing play from her, though mostly just from Suneko. I don't really see other teams picking her that much. So, Colin, let me tell you about my Aghanim's idea. <laughs> Alright. You, 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 remove, you remove the, the, the AoE damage reduction, and then you make the cooldown slightly shorter. Yeah, I thought of that, and I thought it was too too like too simple. It's very I, you know, simple, I always... but I I I I think it's a. I don't know if it's too good or not good enough. I mean, okay, so here am I like. I kind of love it, and I kind of don't, because I think the damage reduction is shitty, and I think you should have some like, optimally the ags would have some way to curtail that. 
However, one of the problems, in my opinion, with Winner's Curse is that the part where your, you know, your enemy is attacking themselves wasn't even the part people cared about. It was just like a long-range ravage, effectively, right? It was just like, oh, these enemies can't move, so we will AoE them down. The taunt part of it was almost drowned out. And I feel like that made the spell less interesting, that that part didn't really matter very much. Yeah. I don't know, like, right now, the way you use it is like, okay, they're locked out. One of them will die, and we will be be able to move into a position where we can then kill the rest of them easily. Mm -hmm. And it's still super, super good, but I miss the days of just being able to cast that and then cast Arctic Splinter, and then just, ah, everything dies. I mean, one thing that I thought of was specifically buffing that combination. Making Arctic Splinter work differently if you cast it on a target who has been Winner's Cursed. Hmm. Maybe it could, you know, I don't know. Maybe you could make it pierce through the uh, the damage reduction and also do increased damage or something. Maybe. The, the other idea I was thinking of was instead of, instead of uh, the AoE thing, just making the area it covers much larger. But hmm. I think that would make it too easy to use. I think it'd be pretty funny to have the entire jungle punching one person, though. <laughs> it doesn't last long enough, I'm sorry. Oh. Well, there you go. Make it like make it like Legion Commander's Duel. It doesn't end until the person's dead. <laughs> oh, that would be so fucked. You would just be like, I am Winter's Cursing Pudge. Have fun attacking him for five minutes. We're gonna go take your throne. Have fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's obvious. I I said it knowing that it was the dumbest idea ever. That was obviously the point. Yeah. But, <laughs> but more to the point, that Legion Commander Ags is so dumb. Anyway, we we talked about that before. We we've seen people use it too. Like, yeah, we faced it a couple of games ago when we played. Well, okay, I guess we played more since then. But it's just. It wasn't good. It wasn't. And I think there are ways to make it good, but I don't know if there are ways to make it good enough for that amount of gold and that item slot. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. obviously there are ways... Like, if, you, if you're if you a survivable Legion commander and you're just like, no, I'm going to lock this... They're carried down while my team kills them, helps me kill them. That's mm-hmm. good. That's obviously good. But you kind of already can do that with Duel Without Agonims. Yeah. Does it make you enough better at that to be worth it? I don't I don't think it does. The one thing I could see is if you made it so that Legion Commander, I don't know, either got... I would say probably just hits harder and harder the longer a duel goes. So that it is a way, like, if you're a Legion Commander who is under-farmed but gets Agonims and you need to take out a big carry, you can duel them, and with some heals and backup, you will take them. You will take that carry out. That it could be a happen. cool idea. That could be a cool idea. Johnny, I feel like there's been too much positivity on this podcast. Okay. Let's talk about our lore of the week. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. This week, this week is another one of the bad ones. We're addressing Queen of Pain. 
Queen of Pain from a combat design, I will I will mention very briefly, from a combat design, I think she's a pretty neat hero. Not like she's not that exotic, but what she does is is fun and solid. I, I like the, I like I like that you choose to use the word exotic here in this particular discussion. That that was a choice. And you made it. From a character design perspective, she is the worst designed character in the game. Yeah. Okay, we're done here. Let's go home. Um, that wasn't lore. <laughs> that was lore. That That's her lore. She is the worst designed character in the game. We're done here. Let's go home. Do you home. know what her lore is? Jack? No, but I, I don't think I want to know. I'm afraid you're going to have to bite the bullet for the sake of our viewers, our listeners. Let's say. Because they aren't probably watching us right now. Hopefully. So... so there's this king, right? Sure. There's loads He's... of them in Dota. Yeah. And this king is a, is a masochist. Sure. <laughs> um, And he's like, man, I really need a sexy lady to whip me a lot. Yeah, okay. But these fucking humans, they're just not very good at it. <laughs> Who is this? Is this Rafe King? <laughs> I wish. I wish. No, this is the Ecclesiast King of Elves. Oh, come the fuck on. <laughs> um, so he gets a bunch of demonologists, that is, sorcerers who specialize in the summoning of demons. And he promises, well, I mean, these are particularly, these are demon, demonologists that he is imprisoned, because demonology is generally frowned upon. And he says, I will free the person who can summon a succubus, bind them to my service, and make it sexy fun time for me. That's Queen of Pain. They summon this succubus who, yeah, he has sexy, he has a sexy fun time, and then basically, because the king is a shitbag, eventually there's a rebellion, and he gets killed, and Queen of Pain Akasha, if you want to go by her proper name, was bound to basically his service, but now that he's dead, she can do whatever the fuck she wants. That is her lore. Now, usually that I sort of leave it there, other than making some more snippy comments. But I want to say a few things. First off, I want to give a shout out to Linda K. Morris, who is her voice actress, because goddamn, the things they make this poor woman say <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> like I'm going to just read some lines now the pain train rain of pain a love bite I love a struggle oh you'll love your new piercing No pain, no gain. Did you forget your safe word? It goes on and on and on, and it is the worst! Oh god, I really have to get to the rival lines, because, like... Okay, Crystal Maiden. When she kills Crystal Maiden, she has the line, Crystal Maiden, are you really, I wonder? She is asking another Dota character if they're a virgin, what the fuck? fuck is going on 
Colin. She has lines about how sexy Enchantress's hooves are. Fuck this character. <laughs> Fuck this character. Colin. I hate it. You made me listen to this, and for that, I'm unfeeding you. That one is 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 not as bad as this. No, it's not. It's really not. That, that's from that's from Warlock. <laughs> you want to know a line of Queen of Pains when she dies? Sure. Let's pretend our, I do. Our role play ends. Uh, uh, that is not what a succubus fucking does. No. No, it isn't. Can can they decide? Like the, the the designers of this character could apparently not decide if she's a succubus or just like some someone who's into BDSM stuff. I mean, the implication from the lore is that it is both: is that she is a succubus who is also super into BDSM. I mean, and like, isn't the the point of a succubus supposed to be that they drain your soul? Johnny. She she the, there Johnny. is nothing like succubus like about what any of what she does. The forecast calls for pain like rain and it's monsoon season. There there, there nothing about I what she does. I want to punch this writer in the mouth. Nothing about what she does is specifically a succubus. It's just some some demon who likes sex and who's magical. Because she can kill you by yelling at you. Yeah, and that's... This is actually a case where, like, the the Heroes of New Earth version of this character I far prefer. What's but, the Heroes like, of New Earth version? The Heroes of New Earth version is just some, like... It's called Wretched Hag. And it's just, a, like, a witch. Who is covered... Like, instead of the... Her Q, the poison da- dagger or whatever... It's just, mm. she throws a bat at you that drains your life. <laughs> and that that's the dumb part, but, like, she, she has to blink, Bat which is just, has just this cool, like, animation where she just disappears into bats and then reappears at the spot. And her mm. scream, instead of being this weird thing where, like, she yells and then there's red dots that go to the enemies, it's just an instant point-blank area of effect thing that's just a... a uh, like a sound wave that just damages in the area instead of sending a projectile to every enemy. And it's just, mm. it's, it's just, it makes log- more logical sense. It fucking isn't Queen of Pain. <laughs> Do you want to hear some of Queen of Pain's spell descriptions? <sighs> No, but you're going to make me anyway. Blink. The secret queen lives up to her title, making her pain impossible to escape. A.K.A. there is no explanation to why she can fucking teleport. Scream of pain. The sultry voice of Akasha beckons her opponents while stealing their souls. (laughs) Sonic wave. Her most exquisite of all torments, Akasha's sonic wave, puts her poor foes out of misery. Let's never talk about Queen of Pain again. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm finding the Heroes of New Earth version here just to like 
Oh, can you read some of her lines? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. The the Harrison Newer version isn't brilliant either, and the artwork they have why why is the artwork on their site always so much fucking worse than in game? Holy shit. Like, I don't know if I can copy you this image, but yes I can. Look at this shit. This is this is It is atrocious. That's that is not what she looks like in game. Hmm. Hmm. Well, yeah, I don't know. I've never really cared for Heroes of New Earth's visual design anyway, but... See, like, the... yeah. That's This is probably shared. coming through really well on a podcast. Yeah, th- this is coming through really well on a podcast. Let's move on. Oh, she, she kind of looks like a Dark Souls, like, shopkeeper. Yeah, she, like... It's actually kind of cool. Yeah. She's she's neat. She's and like just the part where the scream is actually like a sonic wave instead of like some weird weird projectiles is already enough that I like her more. But also that she isn't like the the dumbest design succubus ever is good. That's a good thing. We have high standards here on Bottle Crow. Yeah, well you know. Pros, she isn't the worst. <sighs> so well, I know that we I mentioned before that you've played some more since we last played. Yes. Tell me oh. about <laughs> the things you have done while I've been away. Away okay. meaning asleep, probably. So last Friday, a week ago today, I was playing with you and a few other friends, and my power went out. Yep. And obviously it didn't come back in time for me to reconnect, so I got an abandon. It was my first abandon in months. I think it was Tuesday that I was playing. Maybe it was Monday. I can't remember. Um, Tuesday hey, yeah, sounds Tuesday. right. <sighs> I was playing Tuesday with my sister. Um, and we got a match where we were just getting destroyed. I was playing Shadow Demon and I was trying to turn things around, but my Shadow Demon is not good enough to do that. And, you know, Shadow Demon by himself can't really do that. Our bottom lane was dying every, like, pretty much as quickly as they could get back to lane. They were dying again to a Phantom Assassin. And we were not doing any better. By the eight minute mark, the score was 13 and zero. We had no kills. They had 13. This game was insanely lost. Um, and I had had a pretty shitty day and I was like, fuck it, man. I'm just done. And I abandoned. And when I got back to the main menu, it's like, well, congratulations. You've got two games of low priority for abandoning too much. Have fun. Yeah. Um, my first time in low priority, and obviously I was pretty frustrated, but I was like, god damn it, okay. I took five minutes, I walked away, I took a little walk around the neighborhood. Um, and I came back and I was like, okay, fine. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna get one of these out of the way. And I booted up, and, um, I don't know if you've played low priority lately, or at least know how it works, but it is all random these days. I have never played low priority. Yeah, well, holier than thou, son of a bitch. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, yeah, boot up the game, and it's just, you know, 
immediately selects Nyx Assassin for me, and then loads into the game, and locks up my entire computer. And so, like, for there's, like, uh, maybe 15 seconds of me trying to recover things before figuring out, no, this is not going to unlock. It is stuck. So I turn it off, I turn it back on, and I reboot Dota as fast as I can, and I am just I reconnect to the game just in time to see the message pop up that I've dis- been disconnected for too long and will be assessed with an abandon. And so at that point, everyone leaves the game, and I do too, because it's like, well, I've already got the abandon. Fuck it. Um, and I go back to the main menu... And it says I've now got five games of low priority. <laughs> that was the part that I turned off my computer and just stormed out of the house because I was fucking furious. And then tweeted uh, that you would never play Dota again. Yes. Which, you know, I knew as I tweeted it was a load of bullshit. But, boy, I was pissed. Um... I, I I wasn't sure until you called me on Hangouts the day after <laughs> to explain. Like as soon as soon as you said you wanted to talk to me, I knew that you were going to go back to Dota. Oh, of course, of course. There was really there was really never any danger. Of it. I mean, there would have to be some patch that like I don't know turned Earthshaker into a dong or something that got me to quit Dota. It would be have to be something pretty ridiculous. Um. Low priority was not as bad as I expected. Again, I got to try a bunch of heroes I don't normally play. Um, people were mostly actually pretty civil, which was very surprising. Um, yeah, it wasn't that bad. I wonder if they maybe match levers on the same team and abusers on the other team. Because my teams tend to, tended to be pretty quiet people who, if they spoke, were usually pretty friendly. But a lot of them seem to have connection issues. And then the other team happened to be a lot of people who were maybe more negative. Hmm. So that was interesting. I do not know if any of these things are things. And the other thing that I noticed is that people were taking the games surprisingly seriously. I mean, like, what I've heard of low priority is that there are two kinds of people there. One is the kind of person who's like, oh shit better be on my best behavior. And the other person is the person who is still really angry. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, for instance, like, someone disconnected for the third time that game, and they paused, and I was like, guys, it's low priority. I'm unpausing the game. We're all with random heroes. Our team is five carries. Someone's been feeding relentlessly. This has just been nonsense. Like, why? We just want to get low priority over with so we can get back to normal games. We're not waiting for them. That sounds reasonable to me, but... Yeah, I don't know. It was was an interesting experience. I won't say that I'm glad I had it, because I am not. But it was not the worst thing. Okay, so here's the the flip side. What if... What if by not waiting for them, you made someone else who had connection issues have more low-priority games? They didn't reconnect through the entire game. Okay. So that didn't happen. But what if it had? Eh, I'd be a little bummed about that, but they didn't (laughs) wait for me, so. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) You know, low priority. It's a cutthroat environment down here. 
Mm-hmm. We're all just a bunch of scumbags. Mm-hmm. It's where I belong, really. When you play the game of low priority, you win or you lose. I think we're ending this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, what the fuck was that statement, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do. I do want to mention real quick how like in your face Valve is about it, right? Okay, when you queue for a low priority match, the little searching for match timer instead of being green is red. When you get a match, it doesn't say accept or decline. It says accept low priority match or decline. And then once you get in the game and it loads in, it pops a full screen pop-up where you have to hit OK, where it basically says you've been a bad, bad boy. <laughs> like, they really rub your nose in it. <laughs> it isn't like the map is the map is replaced with a hellish landscape with rivers of blood. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be really cool. No, it's just a normal game. There's just, you know, it's all random and then there's that big pop-up which is like, you're in low priority because you suck. Stop sucking. They should, they should, they should, instead of making you play all random, they should make you play all random deathmatch. But that's really fun. All random <laughs> deathmatch is really fun. <laughs> all random is, it can, can be shitty. When you're stuck with, like, Meepo or someone for the entire game, and you're just like, God, make it end. I, but I, All Random Deathmatch is a fucking blast. Johnny? I, I, I don't think I would ever... Like, I have never enjoyed an All Random game, I think. It's always Johnny? felt off. Hmm? Johnny? Let's stop recording this podcast and play some All Random Deathmatch. I mean, uh... can you can you sense that I am leaning in towards the mic as though to apply peer pressure through the internet? God fucking damn it! <laughs> All right, well, thank you for joining us, everybody. This has been Bottle Crow episode eleven, uh, six, eleven. What <laughs> episode six? Um. We're on iTunes. If you want to rate us there, we'd really appreciate it. Um, the only way anybody ever finds out about us is word of mouth. So tell your friends, you know, if if you want them to check this out. Obviously, if your friends don't play Dota, I imagine they won't get much out of it. Um, we, you can send us emails at bottlecrowpodcast at gmail.com. We will probably respond to them on air if they're worth responding to. Um, you can... Uh, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, I am at 6264. Johnny is at Johnny Warp Zone. And Bottle Crow itself is just at Bottle Crow. And, uh, yeah. Thanks. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you for bearing with us. Bye. Bye.